0: Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome, new visitors. Welcome those tuning in online. Welcome, welcome. Finding our seats. Good morning. Say, if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Ephesians three thirteen. Ephesians three starting at verse 13. <laughs> Ephesians three thirteen. Therefore, I ask you to not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with his might through the Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know your love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Could you stand with me and pray? Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for dwelling in my heart. Through faith, keep me noticed, keep me rooted and grounded in love, that I may be able to comprehend with all your people the width and length and depth and height of the love to grasp and experience your love, which surpasses knowledge, that I may be filled with the fullness of God. Bless this service in Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.
1: Hallelujah, we give you glory, Lord. What's on my heart is in John 4. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks those to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him In spirit and in truth. I have a sense that this is a unique moment. This is a unique moment of God's presence manifestation here. And that as we worship him in spirit and in truth. You can worship him in spirit. In your heart, in your heart of hearts, you can worship God. But we need to worship him in spirit and truth which means it's gotta come out of your mouth. It's gotta come out of you. And as we worship, the glory clouds of God will roll out of heaven and pour forth, and they will flow out of your mouth. For you are the temple of the living God. And when the glory of the Lord appears in his temple, it comes out of you into here you want to see the glory then you got to let it out lay aside your fears your anxieties what other people are going to think we're all for you we want to hear you glorify God we want to hear you magnify his name and give him the praise do his name this is the household the family of faith and we love to praise our father so as we worship let your praise pour forth. If you don't know the words, doesn't matter. Just sing out of your heart. Just sing out of your heart. But be praise unto God and give him glory.
2: Hallelujah. Lord, we do praise the name of Jesus. There is no no name higher. There is no name under heaven which might be men might be saved except through the name of Jesus. Lord, we glorify you this morning. Lord, our heart is to worship you in spirit and in truth, as was said before. And your word says is to lift up the name of Jesus. And as we lift up the name of Jesus, men will be drawn unto you. And so Father, this morning we do, we glorify you. We glorify your name. We honor you, Father, with our hearts, not just our lips, but our hearts, and I pray our lives as well. Father, I'm sorry when we've fallen short Father, we, we repent, I repent of those times when we take the shortcut and don't, huh, and don't walk it all the way. That's where the truth part comes in. Worshiping in spirit and in truth. Truth is we, we do it completely. We do it totally. We, we worship you with everything we are in every area that we are every area that we would consider spiritual but literally every area that is considered life our families and our work and our free time Father we want to honor the name of Jesus totally and completely with our lives And when we fall short of that, Father, we're sorry. I repent. We repent. And we ask, Lord, for your grace and mercy in those times. And I thank you, Father, that your word says that every morning, every morning, your mercies are new. Every morning. You still love us, and you love us as much as you did the day before. And it's fresh, and it's new. Thank you, Lord, for your word that gives us hope, gives us life, gives us the ability to walk this with power. Not just walk it, but walk it with power. Thank you, Lord God, for your love towards us. Help us, Father, to love you the same way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I don't want you to start greeting one another because that's gonna get out of hand. Just look at somebody and nod. You may be seated. You see you see how nodding gets out of hand you just <laughs> just think if i actually let you start greeting one another just a real quick announcement the, the announcements will be at the end but i want to get this one started because this is the the fair outreach sign up and it started over there last week and never got over to there so we're going to start over on this side today and we're going to go in that direction and so The fair outreach, many of you uh, that have been here for years and years and years know exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about the fair outreach, but there are actually many of you who have no idea what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the fair outreach. The fair outreach started years and years ago, over 20 years ago, 20, probably 25 years ago. And uh, it has developed into actually one of the staples of the fair. We're set right on uh, one of the main corners right across from the Coney Dogs and the uh, cheese curds, and, uh, and then over on this side is the, uh, is the euros. okay? So we're in a perfect position. And uh, we uh, developed it back about 15, 20 years ago. We developed it into a hospitality tent. We, was, we started out as outreach, and then it became a hospitality tent because if you've been to the fair, if you've been to the Washington County Fair, it's a fun fair. I mean, there's actually people that come from all over to come to the Washington County Fair and there's food and there's all the fun. But, it, but years ago, there was really no place to sit and eat your greasy food. <laughs> And so, so what we decided was we, we, we put up tables, we have chairs, we have uh, wet wipes, and we have uh, napkins, we have extra water. We used to have extra water, now uh, we don't uh, give away a lot of that, but we have enough water for our people that are working. And, and we set up these tables, and then on the tables are little birdhouses, and uh, the birdhouses are cute, okay? That adds the cute factor. Not my idea. All right, but it's, it, it's also functional, because on the table are Prayer requests forms prayer request forms plus there's information about our church and about our beliefs and our our doctrine and all those sort of things but it also has information about all the other churches in the valley like i said people come from all over the place to go to the fair and so the the hospitality tent is a great place for people to come and eat their greasy food get out of the sun you know there's a there's a shade we have some fans running and so whole families will come in and they'll uh, they'll sit down with their kids and they'll eat their greasy food and uh, the people that are working the tent, my wife and I usually work it every year for one day and, or for one evening, and it's about a, th- a four-hour commitment. That's in, but if we get enough people signing up, we'll, ju- we'll just narrow that commitment up. You don't have to pay to get in. We pay for you to get into the fair. So it's a way that you'll get a ticket to get into the fair, everyone who works it, so you'll be able to get in, and then you can go do the fair stuff either before or after, however it works in your schedule. But what we do is we we're, we're hanging out there. We don't necessarily have to engage with anybody. We're there when somebody leaves. We wipe down and disinfect the table. We were disinfecting tables well before COVID. We were we're way ahead of our of, of the of the whole uh, curve thing. But um, but we just wipe down the table, wipe down the chairs, haul garbage you know, and then there are times when people do want to talk. There are times when people want to share, but then a lot of people, you will find out a lot of people fill out those prayer request forms and put them in the birdhouses. And then we bring them back here and the, and the prayer team prays over them. And uh, some really amazing things have happened over the years. Like I say, you don't have to necessarily engage, but there are times when there is engagement where people do get involved where they ask you questions. They wanna know about the church or they wanna know about our doctrine or they wanna know something and you just answer their questions. It's very non-confrontive. It's, it's really neat. Uh, one of the coolest stories that I've ever, we've ever had uh, with the fair was there was a, uh, we had the, the table set up and the bird feeders and all that stuff was beer, bird feeders. No, bird houses uh, was set up and uh, a, a, woman, a woman came into the tent and sat there for a while, filled out one of the forms and put it in the birdhouse and then left. And then about an hour later, she came back with t- in tears and she said, I-, I need to talk to somebody. And one of our people were there and, and they said, "Yeah." And she goes, will you pray with me? And, she, and they said, well, of course we will. We'd love to pray with you. And they said, what can we pray for you about? And she goes, I want to commit suicide and they were able to just show her the love of the Lord. We still hear from her on a regular basis. She's still, she's living for God now. And, and it was just that moment of, of opportunity, that moment of hope. And they, you know, the person who prayed with her wasn't a theological, you know, uh, doctrinal uh, doc, you know, expert. They were just somebody there to show, share the love of the Lord when they had the opportunity. And so that's what this is. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have any of the answers. You just have to be able to wipe off tables. Raise your hand if you can wipe off tables. <laughs> now come on come on <laughs> so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start the uh, start the uh, uh, sign up on this side over here sign up for it it's like I say it's a it's a three-hour four-hour stint it's a uh, very non-confrontive very fun it's a good time um, you actually have a lot of fun My, we love it just because you get out there and you meet the meet people in the community and you, you get to spend some time at the fair and then when the kids were young they used to go ride the ride the rides while well, we did that and and kind of covered all the, all the bases, amen? So sign up, you can do it. And it can be a couple, it can be a family, it can be singles, it can be, it doesn't matter. We, will, we, we need people to be there and to do the different uh, things that need to be happening. You'll be trained in, you won't have to make it up as you go along. It will be amazing, amen? Amen, now make sure that gets all the way around. So if you see it stalling, go psst, move it nicely say it nicely though please all right turn with me to acts chapter 10. acts chapter 10 like i said there will be the uh, announcements at the end we'll make sure that the booklet or the board gets all the way around today <clears throat> acts chapter 10 last week i gave you a real quick uh teaser about the series that i'm going to be beginning. I was going to begin it last week but the the testimonies last week were so awesome and went longer than expected but we they, they needed to you know it was good to, good to hear the testimonies last week and so i just did a short teaser i'm going to hit some of those high notes right now is, because this is the actual beginning of this series and the series is gifts of the holy spirit gifts of the holy spirit so acts chapter 10 beginning with verse 37 says, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now we know that Jesus was God. You know, we know that. It's important. You know, there are some some cults out there that that say they're Christians. They say this. They say they believe a lot of the same things or they say they believe a lot of the same things. But when it comes down to it, where there's always a deviation is where they say that they don't believe that Jesus is God, that Jesus is Lord. He's a good man. He's a prophet. He's this. He's that. They, They believe all kinds of things. But if you try to nail them down... They even may say that he's the the son of God. But Jesus, when he was on the earth, and we read those verses last week, when he was on the earth, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am in the Father, he said that. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. If you've heard me, you've heard the Father. What he was saying is, is that he is God. There was no question. I had somebody say to me years ago, well, Jesus never said he was God. And I said, really? You ever read the New Testament? You ever read the Gospels? He says it in there a bunch of times. In our daily reading this week, talking about Lazarus, when Lazarus died and they raised him from the dead, he's talking to Mary, and, and, he, and Mary, he goes, do you know I am the resurrection? And Mary goes, I know you're the Christ. I mean, she was, you know, we talk about how Peter made a confession but Mary also made that confession. She says, "I know who you are. You're the Christ." Well, the Christ is God. So, so in this Jesus is God. Now, we get back to Acts chapter 10 verse 30 uh for the verse 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. If God needed to anoint Jesus with the Holy Spirit, how much more do we Need to be anointed with the Holy Spirit. Well, when was when was Jesus anointed with the Holy Spirit? Well, when he was baptized. When he was baptized, and 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 uh, John the Baptist tried to talk him out of that. He tried to get him to to not let him, you know, make him have to bathe. He goes, "I'm not worthy to touch your sandals, let alone baptize you." And Jesus says, "You have to. It's the fulfillment of righteousness." He knew what, was gonna, what needed to happen. And so being baptized is, is part of righteousness, It's part of the fulfillment of righteousness. And when he did that, when he was baptized, John said the, the, the skies opened up and he saw the Holy Spirit coming down like a dove. I mean, he's not a dove. He's the Holy Spirit. But he was coming down like a dove. I mean, he was kind of floating down. And when he, land, when he came on Jesus, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did he do after he was filled with the holy spirit he went about doing good yeah and what was the good all the stuff all the miracles all the signs and wonders all the things we saw he did those after he was anointed by the holy spirit he didn't do any of that before being anointed with the holy spirit you know, we, I remember as a kid, I saw some movie on, you know, whether it was an after school special or whether it was a, you know, a, a made for TV documentary or whatever. But it said, you know, that Jesus as a child, and he would go about and he'd healed little birds and, you know, practice walking on mud puddles. I don't know. But, you know, he didn't do that. He didn't do any of that. He didn't do any miracles before. He was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit. And the first thing that God did, is that the Holy Spirit did, was led him out into the wilderness to be tempted. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, suck it up. It's part of the program. It's part of the program. Part of the program is letting him be Lord, and sometimes that means being led into some things and having to deal with them, having to sort them out having to be righteous you know living righteous but when he came out of the desert 40 days later what did he come out with power, power. it says he came out with power he came out with powers and he was at a wedding and then first miracle happened turn water into wine so miracles didn't happen in his life for 30 years until he was anointed by God, until the Holy Spirit came on him, came in him, filled him, and then he began to walk in power. How much more do we need to be anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power? Turn over to John chapter 14. I spent some time here. I'm not going to read all the verses I read last week. John chapter 14, beginning with verse 1. This is right at the the Last Supper. It's the night before he was crucified he's giving last minute instructions and he's talking about all kinds of things john chapter 14 begin with verse 1 says let not your hearts be troubled believe in god believe also in me isn't that interesting there's one of those places believe in god but also believe in me i mean here's the deal do i walk around saying believe in me no i say believe in him why because i'm not him but I can point to him. Jesus could say, "Believe in me." Why? Because he knew who he was, and he said it openly. There's one of those places. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Verse two. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have, to- would I have told you that I go to a place to prepare or go to prepare a place for you? Verse three. And if I go and prepare, prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. And remember we talked about they're going, what do you mean? We have no idea where you're going. He said, don't worry about it. There's a lot gonna happen between now and then. When you, and it's time to step over, you'll know where to go. Where do you go? You follow him he will be there. said so The Bible says when, you, when you're absent from the body, you are present with the Lord. You're there. You don't have to know there. He's going to, you're there. Go down to verse 15. 15, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you." So up until this time, the Holy Spirit would be with people. The old testament the holy spirit would come on someone and they'd be able to do uh stone or they'd be able to do leather work or they'd be able to weave you know or they'd be able to fight in an army or they'd be able to to lead people or God, the holy spirit would come on people or come around people that's why jesus says you know him for he dwells with you he's in the area he's around you but he says he will be in you that was the change that was the difference that was the that's when things changed. but that's when you go all the way back to to uh, Joel Acts chapter 2 says that, that in Joel he prophesied that in the end times that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on all flesh and when he was poured out in all flesh they received power just like Jesus did I'm laying a case here there's the deal we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit we need i need to be filled with the holy spirit not just this, not just yesterday not just a month ago not not 25 years ago 35 years ago i don't need, i don't need to just be filled once once i need to be filled right now be being filled ephesians chapter 4 chapter 5 somewhere in there be being filled with the holy spirit verse 17 even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive." The world can't receive the Holy Spirit because he doesn't even know he exists. Doesn't know that, I mean, they know, oh, there's the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and you might have to see a picture of a dove. No, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the one who's going to empower you. He's not just somebody to emulate or to, 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 oh, the Holy Spirit, that's cool. No, the Holy Spirit is someone who comes in you for a reason, for a purpose in your life to fill you and to minister through you. But I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you 50 days after the resurrection. 40 days. 50 days. 50 days Pentecost 50 50 days after the resurrection they were filled with the Holy Spirit and everything changed the wimpiest ones among them became the boldest stuff happened turn over to 1st Corinthians 12 this is Paul he's speaking to the Corinthians he's writing to the Corinthians now I just got to give you a little background about the Corinthians the Corinthians uh, they lived in Corinth and Corinth was a crossroads for trade. It was a crossroads for culture. It was a crossroads for everything in Asia at the time, Asia Minor. They were, they, they, it was the middle of everything. All these roads and all these uh, shipping lanes and everything came through Corinth, which means everything came through Corinth. Literally, everywhere you went, everybody you met, every, there could be from different parts of the known world, And they brought with them all their stuff. They would bring trade material. They'd bring all the the, the spices and all the cloth and all the whatever. But they'd also bring all the other stuff with them. All the spiritual stuff. All the the Eastern mysticism. All of the the, the pagan worship. All of the idol worship. I mean, it was a center for everything. So when Paul goes in there and starts preaching the gospel, people start getting saved. And all of a sudden, there's power. Power. There's power, there's there's power not only from the preacher, but from everybody else. They they all started walking in power. And they're going, whoa, this is awesome. Look what I can do. (laughs) And they started misusing the power. And so Paul, when he's writing to the Corinth, is to sort some things out. He's going, whoa, settle down guys and gals slow down here you know he wasn't writing them to tell them to stop using the power he was just telling them to use it rightly to use it the right way because you've been given power but don't use power for your own gain that's what the whole chapter 13 first Corinthians 13 what what are the boundaries for power what's the boundaries for the power of God love love is the boundaries what do you mean is is there does is there you know boundaries in God actually there is he lives in his boundaries and his boundary is love whatever is love is okay you know how we I think we talked a few weeks ago talking about all the rules and regulations and all the laws in the world started out with the you know don't don't eat of that tree and then has become you know when the jews they had thousands of additions of 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 uh, laws don't walk this way don't walk that way don't carry this when you walk don't walk and look in that direction don't you know i mean had laws and laws and laws well now in the kingdom in the kingdom of god we've come back to one law again one law and that law is love walk in love if how you're gonna to react to somebody isn't love, don't do it. It's simple. Well, what's love? Love is not proud. Love is not envious. Love is not, love is not, you know, the whole chapter 13 does not count record of wrongs, does not, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. do not yeah, do, love, Ill, love is you love. You want the best for that person. I wanna believe that, it's, it's love. God loves you. God loves you. That means he doesn't count your wrongs against you. Huh? Huh? Isn't that interesting? Well, that's scandalous. He's God. I thought he throws people in hell. No, he doesn't throw people in hell. Do you know that God does? If you ever thought that God throws people in hell, you're wrong. You know why people go to hell? Because they won't let go of their sin. And if they won't let go of their sin, God's going to destroy sin and death and evil. And if, you, if people won't let go of their sin, they're going to get destroyed with it. It's easy. Let go of the sin. Stop sinning. God loves you. He loves you. Well, you don't, you don't, you don't know, Pastor. You don't know what I've done. doesn't matter. I know somebody who's killed somebody. Have you killed anybody lately? Whew. Okay, good. I know people who have sinned in all kinds of possible ways. Guess what? He's not holding that sin against you. But if you don't repent of that sin, if you don't let go of that sin and you, you lay it down and you, you, so you repent and, and you turn away from it, if you're hanging on to that sin at the end, so stop it. Whatever it is, stop it. I wasn't talking about sin today i'm talking about power but you got to deal with that first right because he's got to be the lord of your life he really does he needs to be the lord of your life you need to receive him as your lord and savior and then he gets to be in charge he gets to tell you how to live your life he gets to dictate and at that point then you can walk in power amen in the right. Frame in the right way so this is first corinthians he's talking to the corinthians and he says this to them in chapter 12 beginning with verse 1 he says now concerning spiritual gifts brothers i do not want you to be uninformed i think one of the one of the translations says ignorant i don't want king james yeah he figures king king james he's gonna you're ignorant don't want you to be ignorant stop being ignorant some things about the King James is just nice. You know, it just says it. You know, it just takes care of it. But I'm not, you know, uninformed. I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, Where, however they were led, or however you were led. Verse 3. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of Of the God ever says Jesus is a curse and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit that's powerful that's powerful that's why when I you know talking about uh, you know when people say well Jesus is a good man Jesus is a, a prophet Jesus is you know whatever that's that's fine you can say that all day long but where life has to change is when you say Jesus is Lord and you can't say that except by the Spirit. I mean, you can say the words, but there's no power behind it. There's no meaning. It doesn't change anything. The Spirit, when you're talking by the Spirit, and that's important because there are all kinds of people saying, there are many ways to heaven. You can get there any way you want. Just be good, Jerry. Just be good. All you have to do is be good. Is he good? Mm-hmm. Not saying a word, are you? That's right exactly no not one it says no not one not not one is good but do you know that you don't have to <laughs> oh just I like what here's an opportunity to push a the uh, a, 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 a theological button do you know that you don't have to be good to be righteous how many of you in here are good exactly exactly how many of you are righteous better raise your hand if you're saved you're righteous well but you don't understand i'm not good that isn't the point the point isn't that you you have to be good no he's made us righteous which means righteous means we're right standing with him that means if 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 the meteor the big one you know the big one were to hit right on top of the church right now ooh and you messed up yesterday, which I know you did. (laughs) And you go, I didn't have time to repent. You know, because everybody's waiting, you're ready for that, you know, give me 30 seconds to repent right before the big one, okay? But if you don't have time to repent, but Jesus is your Lord and your, your, your hope is in him and your, your trust is in, in what he did on the cross. If, that, if the big one hit the, hit the meteor, hit right on top of the church, you know, and I can see the news the next day, they must have done something bad. <laughs> and the meteor hits on top and all of a sudden we wake up in eternity and you go, whoa, I didn't have time to repent, but here I am. Why? Because he made you righteous. It's not based on you. Never was based on you. It was never based on how good you are or how good you can be. It's, a bit, it's based upon what he did on the cross. Amen. He paid for all of it, all of it, all of it at the cross. Accept that and live in it. All right. I keep getting off on rabbit trails. Verse 4. Verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are many different gifts within the kingdom of God. Now, go all the way back to last week. We were talking about that Jesus said, he says, I'm leaving, I'm getting out of here, I'm going away, but I'm going to give you a helper. The helper is the Holy Spirit. He's giving us someone to help us. Why? Why do we need help? Because in our own ability, we can't do it. I can't do it. I cannot do it. I cannot do what I'm doing right now in my own strength, in my own humanness, in my own Johnness, in your own Bobness, Lariness. Luannness. I had to throw a woman in there real quick (laughs) we can't do it in ourselves he had to give us a helper to help us do what he needs us to do because he's already you know we we look at we look at adam and eve he said go into the you know go into all the world and and multiply and so on and so forth and they blew it why because they did have the spirit of god just think after that the world took a horrible plunge into, you know, terrible depravity. It has ever since. We need help. Jesus said, you need help. You need the Holy Spirit. Now, do do you receive the Holy Spirit when you're saved? Yes. Yes. I heard a couple of very confident yeses and a whole lot of, hmm. Seems like a trick question to me. (laughs) Not a trick question. You can't get saved until... The Holy Spirit draws you and fills you. When the disciples were in the upper room, the doors were locked, and they were afraid of the Jews, they wouldn't let anybody in, Jesus walked through the wall, praise God. He walked through the wall, said, hey, this is me. And they're freaked out, they're going, it's a ghost. It's his ghost. And he goes, no, 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 not a ghost, touch me. Touch me, I have flesh and blood like you. And they go, wow. You are Lord. <laughs> you are Lord. You're Jesus. You're God. Oh my gosh. This is all real. And it says they believed in him and he said, he, he says that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He said, in that moment, he said, you know, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them. I believe that was the moment they were born again. That was the, that's the, the snapshot of the first People being born again. So they received the Holy Spirit to be saved. But then he turns around in a few days and says, Don't leave Jerusalem until you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptized. It's more. It's more. Yes, you receive the Holy Spirit. But you need more. You need to be filled. You need to be baptized. You need to be overflowing. When you're baptized, when we do a baptism over here, you know, we don't sprinkle. We don't even garden hose. We have a big honking tub of water. And we submerge. Everything's wet. Full. Overflowing. Completely. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you, you, don't, you don't just receive, you, you receive the Holy Spirit and your life changes. You have now have power. Now you might say, "Well, wait a second. I, I asked God to, to be. Rec- I wanted to receive the Holy Spirit, and and nothing happened." Wrong. The Bible says, "If you ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, what will He do?" This is Matthew, I think, eleven. Matthew eleven says, "If He says, if you being evil fathers or bad fathers, if your son or daughter, son or daughter asks for a, a, a loaf of bread or a or a fish, you don't give them a rock.'" You don't give him a scorpion or, a, or a, you know, something like that. You don't give him a snake. How much more when you ask the, Holy, the, the Father, Father God, how much, how much more if you ask him for the Holy Spirit, he will give you the Holy Spirit. So if you've asked for the Holy Spirit, if you've asked God for the Holy Spirit, he gave you, you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, but nothing happened. I didn't see any lights. I didn't hear any trumpets. No 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 you know no tinglys. There were no tinglys. Guess what? It's not about feelings. It's not about emotions. It's not about what you see and hear. It's by faith. Just like everything else. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's by faith. Years ago, I was witnessing to a friend of mine, uh, way back, way back. He was a guy, I can't give you too much information about him, but way back, he was bad. Okay, this guy's a bad guy. He 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 was bad. I'll just say it that way. But I've been witnessing to him, and one night, he calls me in the middle of the night, John, 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 guess what happened? I said i have no idea with you man i have no idea i'll leave this one open what happened he goes i was watching billy graham tonight i said well praise god he goes i was watching billy graham i prayed the prayer and i said well glory to god that's awesome yeah but nothing happened i was like what do you mean nothing happened he goes well i didn't feel anything and i said and the holy spirit spoke through me that right that moment he, go, he said here's the deal bud I said, your whole life is about feeling something. You take that pill, that drug, that alcohol, that, that, and it's about to feel, so you've lived your whole life feeling something. This one, you're going to have to take by faith. He goes, well, I don't understand that. And I I said, I'll explain it to you. This is what faith, and he goes, no, I'm not doing that. And walked away from God. So it isn't about feeling, it's about faith. Same way with being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I had somebody one time tell me, they said, they said, John, I, I prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but apparently God doesn't want to give that to me. I said, why would you say that? And I said, well, nothing happened. So I took them to Mark, I think, Mark, somebody, or Matthew 11. Somebody look at Matthew 11, is that where that, I don't want to lead people astray here. I let him, I showed him that verse and I said, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he gives you the Holy Spirit, you're baptized. Well, I didn't feel anything. It isn't about feeling. It's about the, the understanding, the faith, that he did what I asked him to do in this because he said he would. I'm not coercing him. I'm just at doing what he said I should do. And when you do that, then you have to walk by faith in those other areas, in everything else. When I, when I was baptized in the I, Anybody know that yet? Luke. Luke? Might be a different one. Luke 11. Luke 11. Sorry, Luke 11:13. 13. At least I got one part of it right. Oh, good. Thank you, Pastor John. When I asked God, when I, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was all by myself in my room, sitting on a chair, Bible on my lap. I grew up in a denomination where you don't get filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's not good. Don't do that. Stay away, stay away from anybody who does do that. That whole Holy Spirit stuff. Don't do that. I mean, it was clearly told us, don't do that. And here I am reading the Bible. Coming, I'd come out of the world. I'd come out of, come back to the kingdom, and I was, I was in. I'm in, and I'm reading the Bible, and I'm reading, I'm reading from Matthew to Revelation, Matthew to Revelation, Matthew to Revelation, over and over and over again. And I keep bumping into these verses where it says they were baptized with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. And they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in other tongues. They baptized, you know, whether, it's, whether it's, it's Acts or whether it's further in. I mean, over and over, they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in other tongues. And I put my Bible on my lap, and I said, okay, God, here's the deal. I was told my whole life, don't do that. But I keep seeing it right here. This is in your word. And I had people, you know, years ago say, well, that, that ended. That, you know, that was done after the first century but I've read this thing a number of times now and I don't see a single verse that says that it's ever gonna end. Actually, I'm finding some verses that says it's not going to end. So here's the deal. I want what you want. I want you to be Lord. I want you to have your way. Whatever you want me for me, I want. And so I just, I just sat right there and I said, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want what you want. I want to refill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me, fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Father. Anytime time now, Lord, fill me. No lights, no trumpets, no tinglys, nothing. I'm sitting there going, oh, man. And immediately the devil starts going, oh, it's because you've you screwed up. You don't deserve it. God's not going to fill you. Blah, 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 blah. Here's my, here's my line. Do you, know how, do you know how to know if the devil is lying to you? He's speaking. <laughs> if he's talking to you, tell him to get out. Tell him to stop talking. Don't listen to him. Because he's a liar. He's the father of lies. All he does is lie. So I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, nothing. Okay, Lord, anytime, the next day, Lord, I want to be filled with your, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Nothing, no, no, nothing, no physical nothing. The next weekend I went to church. My brother was, uh, I went with them, with his family, and we had to stop for groceries afterwards. And how many of you know, we know when your wife has to stop for groceries, his wife had to stop for groceries, you know, all the guys stayed in the truck. We just hung out in the, out in the you know, that's a safe place. It's a safe place out there. <laughs> so we're hanging out there, and my brother says, well, how you doing, John? I said, yeah, I'm doing all right, man. Actually, things are pretty good, you know. Life's getting sorted out. and glad, and he goes, and he, I said, but I do have a question. I said, this whole Holy Spirit thing, because he got filled with the Holy Ghost back in the 70s. This is late 80s, middle 80s. I said, this whole Holy Spirit thing, I said, you know, here's the deal. I, I prayed to receive the Holy Spirit and nothing happened. And he was sitting in the front and I was in the back seat and he turns around with a big smile on his face. He says, oh, really? He goes, I got something you need to listen to. I got something you got, you got to listen to. He gave me a, a set of cassettes. How many of you know what a cassette is? That was high tech back then, baby. It, it, at least it wasn't reel to reel. Or records. 78 speed, you know, really good ones. <laughs> he gave me a stack of cassettes by, from uh, Brother Hagen, Brother Kenneth E. Hagen. And it was on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he spent the whole first tape talking about what I'm talking about, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said things like, do you, if you ask he took the to luke chapter 11 he, he takes to luke and he says he says if, if you ask you receive he gives you the holy spirit he's a good father he'll do what he says he'll do you ask him for the holy spirit if you ask him for the holy spirit right here right now right this moment you will be filled right here right now you don't have to wait for an altar call you don't have to wait for any music being played it just you receive him when you ask he says, when you do that, but, and here's the part that set me free, is he said, but you have to receive him by faith. By faith, just like you receive salvation. I can guarantee you the moment that I repented, that day that I repented and said, Lord, I'm so sorry for the stupidity I've been doing in my life. Forgive me. If you want me back, I want back. Lord, I'm, I want to be with you in, in, in heaven. I didn't feel any different when i when i rededicated my life to the lord i was still breathing air i was still standing on the ground i was still you know i was still human i was still dealing with the effects of my lifestyle but in that moment i didn't feel any different but my life changed dramatically why because by faith you have been saved through grace it's not a it's a gift it's not something you can earn you can't earn salvation. You can't earn being filled with the Holy Spirit. You are filled because he's good and he loves you. He forgives you and he loves you and, he, and he'll fill you with the Holy Spirit because he wants you to have power. But you have to believe by faith. And he drove that point, drove that point. Kenneth Hagin drove that point in those cassettes. You, you live by faith. Everything we do is by faith. It's not by feeling, it's not by touch and smell, it's not by the senses, it's by faith. And he says, then, operating in the gifts is by faith. It's all about faith. What is faith? (laughs) Gotta go there, gotta deal with that real quick. What is faith? Faith is not believing that God can. It's not even believing that God will. Faith is believing that God has. Amen. Faith is going, God did it. He did everything. The Bible says He's given me everything I need for life and godliness. Everything. He's not, with, he's not withholding anything from me. If for some reason I don't have something I need, whose fault is it? Thank you for saying yours, not mine, because you could have said, "Well, it's your fault. Yeah, but it'd have been true, though, too. Because it's by faith. He's already done it. Faith is believing God's already done this. He's already provided salvation. All your part is, is going, I believe it. In that moment, you change 100%. Your life, the old is gone, the new has come. You are a new creature. Now you might go, well, I don't feel any difference. Exactly. You don't feel any different, but you don't have to feel anything. You need to believe it and not believe that he will not believe that he will, but believe that he has. He's already done this. He's already saved you. He's already granted you the Holy Spirit. You just need to receive him. When you do that, you receive the Holy Spirit. When you say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm yielding in this area of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right then and there. Boom. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't feel anything. Doesn't matter. It's by faith. And then as we begin to act, as we begin to walk, then he wants you, as he's leading you, going all the way back to what I was preaching in the spring, hearing the voice of God, and it's not just hearing the voice of God, but it's acting upon what he tells you to do. As we are led by God, there will be times when he needs you to do something for him. There might be some time where he needs you to share your faith, where he needs you to witness to somebody and you don't have it in yourself. Well, I, I, I can't talk. I, 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 I don't know theology. I, 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 what if I say something wrong? You're right. What if you do? But that's the beauty of this. He says, I'm not doing this, putting you out there by yourself. I'm gonna give you a helper. Even the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And he will help you be a witness. On the Mount, right before he was taken up, he says, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit and power. Because when he comes on you, you will have the power to be my witnesses. So when you've asked the Holy Spirit to come into your life and you're filled with the Spirit, you now have the power. So don't walk around going, I don't have any power. Because that's not let's try it again. That's not faith is saying i believe god's done this okie dokie here we go and i can tell you tons of stories and i will over the next few weeks about all the times that i felt the power of god in a moment and all the rest of the times most of the times where i felt absolutely but acted upon it by faith and watch what god does it's, in those, it's actually in those moments when I've not felt anything when you see the biggest miracles. Because it's not about how I feel about this. It's not what I think about it. It's what he says about it. And he says, well, let's read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are a variety of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers all in everyone. How many of you here? Don't raise your hand. Because I don't want to. Because I'm this is this is I am I am going to trick you. How many of you here? have not did not receive a gift have not received a gift from the holy spirit none every if you've been baptized in the holy ghost if you've been filled with the spirit of god he gives you power well but i've never seen it i've never i've never felt it i've never i've never experienced nobody i you know i've i've never done this or done that it, it isn't about what you've seen and heard and felt it's about faith well, i've never prayed for anybody well why have, you, why have you not seen anybody healed? Why have you never prayed for anybody? Yeah. Never laid hands on anybody? Well, but that, that's what pastors do. No, that's what believers do. Yeah. Mark 16, those who believe. I'm really glad he didn't say those who were pastors will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They will pick up any deadly thing and it will not harm them they will they will they he didn't say he will he will he will he says they will they will and it, that's what it's saying right here it says somebody tell me the verse because i have all these notes verse four all who, oh but is the same god who empowers them all in everyone look at somebody and say you're in everyone tomorrow morning look at yourself in the mirror and go you're everyone start living like it verse 7 to each there it is again to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good it's not for you it's not so that you can get points it's not you know people can notice you it's for the common good When God wants you to do something, it's for somebody else's benefit. Now, you get blessed, too. That's the cool thing. You get blessed as well, but it's for them. It's for someone else, for the common good. Verse 8, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. I'm not going to go into all the definitions. don't have time today, but I'm just going to read it. We're going to get at least to this part. We're going to get this far. So the spirit of the utterance of wisdom and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one spirit. Verse 10. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability of distinguishing or distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues and to another interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each individually as he wills. To each as he wills. Here's the deal. Some people think, well, I have this gift. I have this one gift. God gave me this one gift and that's the only gift I have. The gift of this or the gift of that or whatever. Oh, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to push the button anyway. Some people say, I've, heard, I've had people say to me, well, God's given me the gift of faith. Uh, he hasn't given me any other gift. He's given me the gift of faith, so I, I'm off the hook because I believe. The thing is, they have no idea what the gift of faith is. The gift of faith is much different than faith. No, it's the same, but it's much different. It's way more powerful. It's the gift of faith that raises dead people up. If if you operate in the gift of faith, if somebody says, well, God's only given me the gift of faith, I went, awesome. Let's find some dead people. Let's do this. The gift of of faith is in operation. It has to be by the power of God or you can't do it. We'll talk about it. I can't go into all the definitions, can't go into all the depth of it. But the gift of faith, I only have the gift of faith. Awesome. It's one of the cool ones. Let's go. Because that one kind of does all that everything does, but like in a bigger way. Fun. Very, very fun. Ah. Verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. Verse 13, and I'll finish with this. For in one spirit we are all, say all, baptized into one spirit or into one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, all, say all, all all were made to drink of one spirit. When you're born again and you receive the Holy Spirit, you are given power. Then, by faith, you need to act upon it. We're going to break this down into multiple, multiple pieces over the weeks to come. Please stand. Now, I am going to have you sit back down again in just a second, but stand to begin with. That'd be awesome. Because here's the deal we're not going to have an altar call. We're not going to have the worship team play. There's not going to be a piano playing. I'm just going to stand up here and we're, I'm going to lead you in a quick prayer. I'll tell you what the prayer is ahead of time because I'm not trying to trick you. The prayer is this If you're not born again, I want to give you an opportunity to get saved right now. How do you do that? It's not a ceremony, it's not an oath it's not it's it's purely and simply you saying father i am sorry for my sins forgive me of my sins come into my life i want you to be the lord of my life jesus christ is lord of my life from this day forward and that's it it's a choice that you make to follow him to be let him be lord so let's pray that real quick father i thank you for life father i'm sorry for my sin forgive me of my sins Come into my, life. into my life, Father. I pr- I pray that I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Of my life. From, this From this day forward, thank you, Father, for salvation, you, Father, for, salvation. For, what for what Jesus did on the cross. Amen. If you're not, if you weren't saved before that moment, you're saved right now. Long as it was your heart. Not just the words you're speaking, but it's you believe by faith. You believe that God has done this for you. But now you have to live differently. I forgot to tell you that whole part about everything. You, you, lo- you lose everything. Sorry. But now, we're all going to, those who want to, you don't have to if you don't want to, we're going to pray that God fills us right now with the Holy Spirit. Because even if you were, 50 years ago, Pastor Dan, even if you were filled 50 years ago, 60 years ago, long, long time ago, you can be filled again right now. And so let's pray that. Father, Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your power for for the body of Christ. Holy Spirit, fill me with your power. Come into my life. Fill me, Fill me. To, be to be a witness for you. Praise the Lord. But well, you don't have to say that part. i just like, <laughs> I was just excited. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, that you you've made that statement. You've you've taken that step. Now under now we're going to learn how to walk in that as we move forward. You go wait wait a second. I didn't hear any like bells. <laughs> faith is by faith. I didn't feel anything. It's by faith. We do this by faith. His word is true. Amen? I'm going to turn this over to Brian. Go ahead and take a seat. All right. Good morning. It's been a while since
3: I've had this golden RVCC mic in my hand. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) praise God for all the gifts in this congregation, huh? We've got so many gifted people, so many people with so many different qualities to, to share and I was especially blessed this morning by Daniel's word about praying the word over us. What? How powerful is that to get a, uh, just a whole understanding of praying the spirit over us and to get it so young in life, huh? wish I would have had it, but um, I'm here now. So I'm just going to take a couple minutes and speak over the offering. You know, we, we have an offering teaching every week. It's not because we're, we're broke and that we really need to shake you down. Uh, it's because our offerings are an opportunity for us to believe God for giving, to see what God really says about offering, not just, you know, feeling obligated or, or feeling that, you know, if we don't give, the lights are going to go out because that's not the case. Um, There are three components of giving, and we've talked about them in the past. There's the tithe, which is our base, and that goes to where we're fed, right? Normally the local church, but the tithe goes to the storehouse. And there are offerings, which are over and above the tithe to to various ministries and things. And then there are alms, which are are to uh, people who are poor or people, you know, special situations. So most of our, our teachings are about offerings. Uh, we do teach about tithes occasionally, but I just wanted to um, talk about how do we give and prosper, right? I believe that that's a, uh, a God-given principle. In Proverbs 11:25, it says, "'The generous soul will be made rich, "'and he who waters will also be watered himself.'" Right, so as we allow God's prosperity to gain domination in our life, and in our soul, the words we release proclaim the abundance in our lives. Our actions begin to flow from the heart and we become givers because we can, we can see the results. Proverbs 21, 26 says, but the righteous gives and does not spare. Right? Pastor John talked about earlier, we are made righteous when we receive Jesus as our Savior right we receive the righteousness of god and so when we're made righteous giving becomes a part of our new nature our old nature is gone the holy spirit comes in regenerates us we have a new nature we have the nature of god and so giving is god's way of getting his abundance to us he multiplies the seed that we sow in every area of life many times this seems contrary to how the world system works But remember, the principles of God's kingdom are different than the world's system. Amen? We see that all the time. Proverbs 11.24 says, There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. I think we've all seen people who are very rich, but they have a very poor life, right? Because they're holding on to what, what they think is their their most precious asset. Well, we see with the word of God that when we, when we give, we give with the right attitude. It's a seed. We let go of what we have. God gives us more back, right? You plant a, a corn and it yields more than just the one kernel. It, it yields many ears of corn. Um, Psalm 112.9 says, He has dispersed, He has given to the poor, His righteousness endures forever. His horn, or his strength, shall be exalted with honor. We can measure our prosperity by what we give, not necessarily by what we have. Because God is faithful. He blesses our seed. He blesses what we give. And he returns to us many, many fold. So that was the Old Testament, right? What does the New Testament say? The New Covenant is much better than the Old. Luke 6.38 says... Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Men shall give into your bosom, for with the same measure that you measure it shall be measured to you again. So it's God's promise that as we give, he's promised to give it back to us. Second uh, Corinthians, my favorite chapter, uh, 9, 6 says, But this I say, He which sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. And verse 10 says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. The more our hearts are transformed by the love of God, the more we can trust in his provision for us. The more, you know, as we talked about the loaves and fishes, the miracle didn't happen until it left the disciples' hands. Then it multiplied. The multiplication did not happen while it was in the disciples' hands. Amen? I mean, there's nothing wrong with having things, as long as things don't have us. But the opportunity to share what we have and give, the ability of God to produce more prosperity in our lives than we can ever imagine. Amen. 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 Father God, we do thank you that you are our source. You are the source of everything good in our lives. Father, we thank you that you've promised us that if we cast our bread upon the waters, it's going to come back. Father, we thank you that you and your word has promised that we will have more than enough for ourselves and for others. Father, we ask your blessing on each gift, on each giver, And Father, we thank you for your provision for everything that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.